Welcome to the Pastor's Porch, a place where pastors encourage one another, speak freely about the Word of God, and engage in real communal relationships with the body of Christ. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Pastor's Porch. We are excited to bring you something new um, and fun today. Uh, A lot more of a relaxed day, but something that I think um, will, will touch you guys Um, Today, as you're listening, we are going to discuss and just kind of talk about the the events surrounding the birth of Jesus, Um, all the different accounts, um, all the different things that happened leading up to that point. Um, We're just going to kind of talk about them today and talk about how um, some of them fall into place and how we feel about some of them and how... Um, just the, the orchestrating of God's perfect plan through it all is is what we're going to discuss today. Um, and so get your pens out, get your notepads out, get your, get your listening ears out, because I, I do feel like something that we discuss today may help you um, in your relationship with Christ. And if nothing else, it will give you a deeper love for who the Lord is and how he orchestrates everything to work out for his glory. Amen. And obviously, unless we were to sit here for two or three hours, we're not going to be able to cover every prophecy, every miracle, every conversation, every account, because man, there is so much. Uh, A few years ago when I was teaching through the book of Revelation in our Bible study, uh, we went line by line and something I learned then I knew, but I got confirmed then was the scripture begets the scripture. So testifies of scripture. And so Obviously, we're not going to be able to cover 212 verses that, that point to the birth of Jesus um, in the, the miraculous birth of the Lord. But uh, we're going to just talk about some that are on our heart, you know, maybe verses and portions that are on our heart this year. And so don't, uh, if we miss your favorite one, send us a note. Uh, tell us what your favorite one was. We'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear it. I like to read the comments about it. But uh, I, I think for me, um, the wild best part of all of this is there's so many moving parts. Oh, yeah. Like, whether you want to talk about post-birth, pre-birth, um, go back to... Traveling. Yeah, I mean, the well, and even beyond, beyond any of that, I always go back to the conversation in the throne room, like, uh, oh, yeah. we saw this play a couple years ago up in Branson. Um, and, uh, they portray the conversation of the Trinity in heaven, you know, and of what, what did that look like in the throne room of heaven with the Holy spirit and the Lord and the three and one and one and three and all of them in this moment saying Jesus is coming to the earth. And just, and so I, I go back even, even beyond anything we could even think of, and understand the complexity of the plan, you know, Ephesians sure. one, you know, the, the complexity of the plan of salvation. And so, um, yeah, you pick one to start and, uh, we'll jump in from there. Cause I, we could, I'll get too far ahead. I'll, I'll get I, the <laughs> okay. wise I'm gonna, man excite me. I'm going to so. pick, it's going to be one, but it's two parts. Okay. okay. Um, and I just, I just start with Joseph and Mary. All right. Um, for me, Man, I just think about, we'll start with Joseph first in that, is 
uh, I, I kind of relate it to today's today's culture because that's the life I live sure. in, right? So I'm just thinking, I think back to when my wife and I were dating and maybe you even want to say engaged. Um, okay. Because I probably, I feel like they were probably in a courtship, a yeah. traditional courtship. Yeah. Um, you don't know what that is, look it up. Uh, we don't have time to get into that. But they were in a traditional court, courtship. Yeah. Yes. And I was just thinking of if I was engaged to my wife, uh, or my soon-to-be wife, and she comes to me and she says, "Hey, I'm pregnant." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just the the thoughts, what's going through my head? What you know, like, well, how could you do this to me? You know, different things. And I just think of one. I just think of the relationship that they had to have with the Lord. Mm. Mm. Because I know as a man. I just being transparent and vulnerable because that's who we are here. I'm just telling you, if that would have happened to me, I probably have been like, peace, <laughs> like, see ya. I'm moving on, right? But I just, man, I just think of what kind of relationship did Joseph have with the Lord to trust the dream he had, right? Mm. To believe in the dream he had to believe the words that Mary was telling him that followed in line with the dream. Right. Um, I'm, I'm like just me in my life. I'm like the story of, um, I forget. Oh, who was it? That was that put the blanket out and was like, I need the grass to be Gideon. Gideon. Yeah. yeah. I'm like Gideon yeah. where it's like, yeah. Lord, I need the, I'm going to put mm-hmm. this blanket out. I want the grass wet, but the blanket dry. Yeah. And then it happens, and it's like, okay, this time I want the blanket wet, but the grass dry. Yeah. Like I need to see, yeah. I you know, that's just who I am. Mm-hmm. But Joseph, he has this dream, and he it lines up with what Mary's telling him, and he just is like, all right, yeah, I, the Lord wants me to do this, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I just think about that, and then on the flip side, I think about Mary of, you know, she's a virgin, mm-hmm. literally never had any, probably. I mean, in a traditional courtship, there's really like no quote relation that's going right. on with mm. the man until you fully step into the mm-hmm. marriage. Mm-hmm. And just again, her seeing an angel of the Lord and believing and trusting and knowing that this was God's plan. I don't think people truly understand like how in depth that part of the story truly is. Yeah, we kind of take it as at a surface value. We we forget that like when the scripture says like Joseph had decided in his heart to put her away, like it was done. Yeah. Like, like like just I mean, he was just like us. Yeah. And so that's the power of the dream that he had. Yes. Like that's the power of of the angel coming in the Lord come the in the dream and the Lord's words in the dream and the 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 reality, right? Like, sure. Because I mean, because he was his mind was made up. Yes. He was gonna put her away, and then he has a dream, and he's like, "Nope." Now, watch this: the power of commitment. Oh, come that on. came with the word. Yes. Nobody. Joseph didn't go to his buddies. This is where we slip up sometimes. Joseph didn't go to his buddies and be like, "Well, I had this dream, but I'm still not sure." Correct. Joseph mm-hmm. didn't go to his buddies and be like, "Well, you know, God said in a dream, but." I need to just maybe wait and see what happens, and then maybe, maybe I'll get back with Mary later. Like you know what I mean? Like nothing. When God gave him the dream, He offered His obedience. Yes. And, yeah. and Mary was the oh, same way. Like yeah. Mary was the same way. 
you know, like, uh, who was it? Zechariah had to learn the hard way, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like him and uh, Elizabeth, you know, I mean, think about, look at the difference though. Sure. I mean, look at the difference in Mary and Zechariah. I mean, really, when the angel came to Mary, she's like, let's roll. Let's roll. And Zechariah yeah, was like, it. I'm old. Yeah. My wife's old. Yeah. I we mean, aren't ready for this. And, we can't do and, this. And then we still see the grace of God. Absolutely. Even in Zechariah's situation. Um, that's a that's a funny story. Like that whole thing to me is a wild story. Like I feel like I would be like Zachariah more than I'd be like Mary. Oh, hundred like, percent. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe especially years ago, I would hope now I'd be more like Mary or Joseph. But man, there's times in my life I'm like, God, are you are you talking to me? Like yeah. you know, you want to talk to somebody? I want to go. I want to go back and kind of hit on something too um, that you said is. You know, Joseph had his mind make up, mind yeah. up, yeah. made up. Golly, I can't speak this morning. Um, but in that, that dream was so powerful enough to change him, his mindset. Yeah. Man, I'm just thinking about times where I've had my mind made up in life. Oh, yeah. yeah. And there yeah. hasn't been very many things that can immediately right. change without another thought. Of what I'm going to do. Yeah. Right? There may have been something brought up that I've thought about. I'm like, okay, we'll test it and we'll see. But just that's how powerful the dream he had and the relationship that he had with the Lord enough to know like, all right, this is your plan. I'm doing it. Man, you know, there's a there's a, um, a beautiful part of commitment, right? I I can remember this like it was yesterday. It was would have been two thousand and eight, summer of two thousand and eight, when I went to the police academy. And at that time you could not have convinced me I was gonna do anything else in my life other than be a police officer. And um I remember it was the first day of the police academy, so it would have been August, I guess, or July of oh eight, probably July. July. And um they, we got in the room, and there's like 36 or 38 of us in the room, and they said, okay, if you're in this room and you're planning on being the police chief or the sheriff of your department one day, I want you to stand up. Dude, in a room full of 36 or 38 people, I'm the only one that stood up. I'm the only one. Nobody else stood up. Nobody else was like, I'm here to be the boss. Nobody else was like, I believe in myself. I just thought that's what I wanted to do. I had every intention of being the sheriff of this county. And uh, I remember... Several years later, when the Holy Spirit called me into ministry and began dealing with my heart, I can remember laying down on the side of the highway out near Tawnytown, and I can remember, I can remember the moment the Lord told me I was going to leave law enforcement and go preach. And I got to believe for Joseph, obviously his was a much bigger level than mine. Um, it had to be like that moment. Sure. Once, once the Lord spoke, it didn't matter anymore. Yeah. All the minds and all the plans. I think what does Paul say is immediately he conferred not with flesh and blood. Correct. You know, once the calling is deposited, once the statement is spoken, it's like sometimes in here during a service when the Holy Spirit says stop and do something, stop and pray for somebody, stop and call this out, stop and prophesy over these people, or stop and speak the, the word on this. I think that's just, that has to be our response. Um, and I don't say that to toot my own horn. There's plenty of times 
I've missed the the mark on that. There's plenty of times I've tried and tried to not do that as I've gotten older because I've learned the value of obedience. But there's just something about obeying the Holy Spirit that brings great joy into your life. Oh, absolutely. You know, and even, I mean, we're we're talking about the story of Jesus' yeah. birth. I mean, yeah. it. it Mary and Joseph and the prophecies in the Old yeah. Testament um, and the wise men and the the shepherds and everybody that was a part of it. I mean, you go read it and it talks about the joy and the joy they have when they are obedient to whatever mm-hmm. have they been called to do mm-hmm. and, and walking in that. Mm-hmm. And that, oh man, that's so true. What do you think? All right. Are you good with them? I got one in my mind. Yep, go All for right. it. The shepherds. This is this this we read some scriptures on on Sunday, but I just can't get it out of my mind ever. Every year I go back to this field, and I'm like, "What did it look like? You know, how many shepherds were there? Sure. How many sheep? What all? You know, of all the places to testify, you know, of all the things to say." Of all the things that could have happened. And then, like, how many is in the heavenly host? That's my real question. Is Sure. Is how many angels really came? And what really happened in the night sky to testify to those shepherds? Can you imagine just being like, I'm going to take my sheep out here and I'm going to lay with my sheep. And we're going to take a rest. And then all of a sudden, there's an angel of the Lord. And then a multitude of heavenly hosts. And they're singing the praises of the scriptures that you know of the Messiah being born. And there's no, there's no pollution. There's no light pollution. There's no, there's no, we don't live in Fayetteville or New York or Little Rock or there's no light pollution. It's pitch black where they're at. It's black. It's black. And the glory of the Lord literally is what? And a multitude of angels. Woke them up and shone. An army of, of angels come, split the sky, and testify. What? Well, how amazing must the birth have been? That play line the other day said something about even the stars begin to testify. Yeah. Even his birth moved the stars. And, uh, you know, for the wise men. Sure, you know, yeah. And uh, I... I've been hung up on this for a couple of days thinking what that moment must have been like. Oh, I know. It must have been absolutely amazing. And I mean, I mean, we get, you know, caught up in the peace and goodwill toward men, but sure. But understand what that means. Like sure. it's the loving kindness, the splendor of God, it's absolutely. the good intention, the good pleasure of God towards us. Yeah. That is God. I mean, this is the thing. This is the thing that, that we forget. Jesus being born is God's good will towards men. His good will is that men would not perish through belief in his son. Yeah. That's I mean that is the good will. Yep. That's the good news. It's hard for us to recollect in our mind that Jesus's purpose laying in that in that food trough in that cave was to come, become flesh, and die. 
I mean, we we can we can we can we can get whatever direction we want. Yeah. You know, but I've always thought about the frankincense and the myrrh, and if you study those out, the gold. You know, yeah. I've, I've taught a sermon on it for years, maybe more than once. But just just the, the reality symbol. of what yeah, is Jesus doing, man? Yeah, what is <laughs> I Jesus know. doing? And I wish we had time to get into the symbol. Dude, we could sit here for today. we could hours. Hey, side note, rabbit. If you don't, if you don't know, go study. Why was Jesus brought frankincense for mm-hmm. worship? Why was Jesus brought gold? Because of who he is, King of Kings, King. his royalty. And why was he brought myrrh for his death? I mean, because he was going to pay the price for the propitiation of all our sins and not our sins only, but the sins of the whole world. Yep. And this is, I mean, so yeah, that's your Christmas homework. Go study go. that. I mean, that's oh, a, I know it's powerful. It is. But yeah, the shepherds, man, the shepherds. Well, that moment on, is cool. On the shepherds, um, man, I just think about times where, and it's not even pitch black in times that this has happened to me, but, you know, I think of like, when I was younger, when I would think it was like dark, dark in my mm-hmm. room and my parents would come and just shine a light on and just that moment of like, oh my gosh, like what the heck is yeah, this, you know? Yeah. Um, but that they were afraid at first, but then they were comforted. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Not only not only were, you know, because it could have been easy. The angel of the Lord could have been just shown and said what he said and go away. But he it was a moment where realize that the shepherds were afraid and there was a moment where they were comforted and then they all worshiped together. And what I love after that is it says they went hastily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No thought. There wasn't no, again. There was, it was go back to the commitment. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a thought about mm-hmm. it. And they were like, they talked about it. We're like, We've got to go find this baby. And immediately, that's what hastily, just with with earnest desire to get up and go see the baby. Think about how everyone's making that progression, you know? Yeah. And I know it's kind of silly, like, the way we portray the nativity scene. I understand. It may not have looked, you know, the nativity scene. I, I understand. Sure. Some people want to get in the debate of when did the Magi come, right? Like, like Correct. When, when did the wise men, you know, and they like want to build their whole life about what night, you know, the wise men got there. And I, I understand. I understand. I, I can understand it. And I understand there might not have been a donkey. There might not have been a camp. I, I understand there probably wasn't a dairy cow. It, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Correct. I'm not, I'm not going to die on that hill. <clears throat> but what I would say is this, is, is pay attention to the heart of the manger because the heart of the manger is showing that everyone's trying to get to the same place. Yeah. You know. Everybody's trying to get Absolutely. Jesus, you know, and the Magi, you know, the thing that I love about their story, you know, is we reference their gifts a minute ago and talk about the shepherds coming hastily and the, the wise men and what night they got there and what, what did their worship look like and da da da, you know, this sort of thing. Um, but I do believe this, this, um, the heart of those men. Sure. When they saw Jesus, they offered their gifts, right? <clears throat> I, I think one of the coolest things about this story is how they just didn't have anything else to do with Herod after that. 
<laughs> you know? yeah. Like it's kind of a lost note. It's kind of a lost. It's it's there. Like you, we read it every year. Sure. That they decided to go back a different way. <laughs> you know? But they're just like, no. Nah. What he sent them on was a mission to find where Jesus was, so that they could report back, so that he could kill Jesus. Yeah, that's exactly what it, it was. It was a spy mission, for lack of a better word. Sure. It was it was to pretend to worship, but it was so he could pinpoint and execute the Messiah, right? But the coolest part of the whole story is they're like, no, <laughs> we're going a different way. But and they just don't even I go back to it. that. Yeah. Thinking about that, what just comes to mind is what kind of heart change that was. Oh. Yeah, what did that worship really what look What did like? that worship, you know, where they were going, man, this, to me, this is a testament of what, what church should be. The presence of the Lord is no matter the intent of why people come, the presence of the Lord in this place changes how they leave. Mm. Right? I just, I think, I, I just think about that is whether we, you Jesus know, Jesus changes everything. Jesus changes everything. Mm. And, you know, no, it doesn't say what their worship was like. No, it doesn't say why they went a different way. But I mean, to me, I feel like we can allow the Holy Spirit to help us read in between those lines and stuff. Is ultimately when they got there, something changed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like uh, you ever have those people in your life, and I have, who who they're just like, man, I just don't believe in God. I just don't believe in God. I just I don't want a relationship with Jesus. I don't want to. Really. Yeah. But then when they get born again, part of you is like, wow, they had a real hatred for the things of God. Sure. And the other part of you is like, that's exactly who Jesus is. That's the character of Jesus is to take the one. I used to have a buddy that was a police officer with me and we literally would sit on the side of the road and and I'd try to share the gospel with him. And he just tell me like, you know, you're a moron. I don't believe that, you know, in a, in a friendly way, we were friends. I mean, but he was a non-believer, and uh, I'm just thinking he moved, he moved um, away from here. And sometime after he moved, relatively quickly, he got born again. And now he's a father with, you know, four kids and married and very successful at his job and his career. And we talk, we probably only talk once or twice a year. But every time we talk, it's about how he's plugged into Jesus and his relationship and his church and leading small groups, you know. And I'm just like, man, that guy used to sit on the side of the highway and tell me, if there is a God, I hate him, right? I mean, yeah. that's basically what he said. And, um, but isn't that the character of who Christ is, though? That's the character of yeah. God, is is to take the least of these, the lowly, you know? the This is why I love him appearing to the shepherds and the wise men. It's all these different people from different... Sure. I mean, this is why going into a cave... Okay, whether it was an animal barn or whether it was a cave dug out in the side of the rocks. Sure. Y'all, you know, y'all can argue that. Whatever. I don't care. Either way, it testifies of his lowly coming, just like the book of Philippians talks about. Yeah. You know, um, it yeah. testifies of who he is, whether he he got on straw or whether it was on rocks in a in a cave. I'm good with it. Sure. Either one testifies to him coming as as flesh, Messiah. You know, and so. Well, just to me, that's the within that as well. That not a lot of people you know talk about and study. 
um, and understanding that just I, I love about this story is, yeah, we, we portray it as everybody showed up when he was born. Right. You go study historically sure. and f- yeah. biblically, it, it wasn't that way. So I just think about that is that not only, because it would have been easier if everybody showed up at birth and then was left. Sure. But the fact that they were able to stay in one place for a while and still have people being led by God mm-hmm. to this place to encounter him mm-hmm. at different walks of life. Mm-hmm. That's what, to me, like when I just read the story and, and think about it, that, that, is, that is amazing um, to me, is it, it was, it's a timeline of events. And it, because, I mean, honestly, I think about how babies are born today, right? Like you go into a hospital, sure. home birth, whatever you right. want, wherever you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Typically, when a baby is born, you have family that come for a day or two and then you go home. Right, mm-hmm. it's just a typical. But imagine you stayed in that place, and people traveled from all over the country mm-hmm. for five or six months. Right. Mm. That's that's ultimately in. I don't remember the entire timeline of right, his, his right. age and everything, but regardless of all that, the 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 point in that is, it just shows that the the orchestrating of those events happening. Mm-hmm. And all the moving parts mm. into this to allow all these people and individuals to to be a part of this and the the, the prophecies being fulfilled and Jesus meeting every part of the what you consider the social life right. of people mm-hmm. and just I mean there's so much more into this than just what we well read. and that's where we're even explaining the church just slow down and read your scripture. Because really, even to that point, you could go back and read the genealogy of Jesus. You know, yes. Just go, just go back, slow down, and read in the book of Matthew. You know, the genealogy of Jesus, and whether it's Rahab, whether it's Ruth, oh my gosh, whether it's so good Boaz, yeah. whether it's David. What I mean, Abram, what whoever you want to pick, pick one. But go read and understand that your scripture is all testifying to point to Jesus. Yeah. This is what I used to tell people about studying the Bible. Uh, you can take that Bible, you can open it up. And whatever page you open it to, and whatever you read, you can guarantee that the intention of those scriptures is to point to the glory of the Lord Christ. Absolutely. Um, and I think we forget that. Mm-hmm. You know. We, uh, I don't want to say we Americanize it, but we, we just move past it. We just, okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas story. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Everybody came. Good. Yeah. <clears throat> what, what, what does it say a, I can do? And what does it say I can't do? Right. Yeah. yeah. There's a whole nother thing going on here that I think people should pay attention to and they'll find things like that. You know, yeah, that's, things. I think that's vital. So, all right. So this is my question to, to kind of wrap it up. All right. You got to have two. So get your mind right. Get your mind ready. I'll give you the question in two parts so you can have time to think. Because this is going to be a curveball. As we're wrapping up our Christmas episode since we're going to take next week off. What is your favorite Christmas song? Oh, gosh. Worship. 
Christmas Christmas song. You mean I can't choose Santa Baby? Well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> and your favorite Christmas song. <laughs> so you gotta have one of each. Oh god. You gotta have one of each. <laughs> oh man. I'll answer if you want me to. Do you want me to give mine so you have yeah, a second? So I can think about. You gotta that. have a second because you might want to steal mine. I don't know the woman's name, but she sings "Oh Holy Night" and it's the best song I've ever heard in my life. It makes me cry. Yeah. I don't remember her name, but man, I wished I did because I would plug it right sure. now. She sings that "Oh Holy," oh my goodness, <laughs> it's wonderful. Uh, I, so I got I got my right. Christmas Christian Christmas. All right. Um, it's probably Mary. Did you know? She did. That's well, right. that's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> I that's uh, when someone that's my new line when someone says Mary did she you did. know she did that's the reason she obeyed yes that's, <laughs> that's the reason uh, now you're gonna laugh next week that's no, a great song no but I, that's a I agree because I've I've said it before yeah. too it's like well yeah she did yeah but, but it just I just I think of it of. Uh, I apply it to my life of when God asked me things of how sure, we aren't yeah. supposed oh, to know the good stuff, the dude. end and, and so it gives that's me chills just, oh, every, every time, time I hear it. Every time. That's why I yeah. I mean I could say probably fifteen other ones, but that one that just Yeah. Alright, so what's the what's the tradition I guess you could say traditional Christmas. Oh my god. You know the ones I'm talking about. Yeah. You got um, so many to pick from. I, I tell you, the, this isn't one, but I just came across this one. Have you ever heard, I'm getting nothing for Christmas? I'm getting nothing. Yes, yeah, I just yes. heard that for the first time. What? Like, just a couple weeks ago. You just now ago. heard that in yeah. your life? Yeah. That's I, been around a long time. I know it's been around a long time, but now I'm, like, singing it all the time because I'm going to start telling my little girl, like, hey, you're going to get nothing for Christmas if that's you keep hilarious. me in that. There's some that are really though. bad. Like, oh, I, they're like, yeah, I came like, across I don't the, the other them. day of like the top 10 worst Christmas songs. There's one, what's that one about a hippopotamus? That's the worst oh, thing ever. Oh, now I'm going to have that stuck in my what head. What does it all go? Day. How does it go? I want a hippopotamus. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> nobody, nobody ever walked around and said they wanted a hippopotamus for Christmas. <laughs> I hate that song. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Is, all right. So this is my, my, my worldly one. I'll give you my world. That sounds judgmental. <laughs> my world, my, uh, my whatever it's called. Oh, what's the name of it? It's the Mariah Carey one. It's a fantastic song. All I want for Christmas is you. Oh, yeah. That is the jam, dude. Oh, yeah. That is like a love song, uh, Christmas song. It kind of drops a beat. Yeah, it's yeah. good stuff. That is a good one. I, I like a lot of them. Yeah. But some of them like the hippopotamus went down. That's um, man, I don't know that I have just a favorite one when it comes to... I, I'm gonna go with an album instead. All right. Um, and it's called "The Gift of Christmas" by One One Six. Who? One One Six. The rap group. Yeah. They sing Christmas songs. Oh, dude, just wait. I'll show you after this. That sounds but fantastic. It's it's not like it's not like full on rap. They just they just They're kind just of singing. Uh, they you know you. they. I like their music. Yeah, they they do upbeat versions huh. and some twists. Didn't on even some know Christmas that was songs. a thing. And it's a great album. That's Courtney great. Courtney hates my wife hates rap music. I love Christian rap. But I my, love Christian my, rap. My wife hates rap music, and it's her favorite Christmas album. So that tells really? you, yeah. Wow. So that tells you that it's pretty good if she can not like that and enjoy the, the Christmas album of it. So it's called A Gift of Christmas by the 116 Group. So. The whole album. 
I got you. The whole album, man. I got you. Well, I enjoy them all. I um, I enjoy all the Christmas songs and the Christmas season. And uh, if I don't get a chance to chat with you guys before Christmas, I pray that you have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of our dreams and the process and all that God's doing. We love you. Thanks for listening to the Pastor's Porch. If you don't have a church home, come join us at Unity Covenant Church in West Fork, Arkansas. We would love to have you. Thank you for your continual support to this podcast. Please stay tuned for more episodes. Have a great day and God bless.